I like extreme music a yeah. lot. Um, I've always been really drawn to like heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, here I am. I just like brutalness in music, I guess. It makes you want to go fucking crazy. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> but I've always been computer savvy. Find a damn uh, planet out there with with uh, confirmed microbes, you know. Um, yeah, not that we've looked too far, uh, but it's you know it's a struggle. But this place, it is the rule. This place is teeming with life. You can't. It that that is the almost the defining characteristic of this planet is 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 what we call life this this coding of dna passed down to you know clumps of molecules um in the generally in the carbon family um sometimes one single cell sometimes billions of cells set together in a very, very complex system of, you know, everything like what we have and beyond our, our own comprehension. We can't even understand ourselves. But I don't think a dog can understand itself. I don't think an amoeba can understand itself. I don't think a bacteria can understand itself. But we can kind of understand a bacteria maybe a little bit, but not even, actually. Um... So I think that's the rule here. The rule here is life. It had to happen, maybe. You know, it, it, with the, the particular uh, set of uh, circumstances, perhaps it had to happen. You know, everything had to build. I mean, it did have to happen because it did happen, right? That's another way to look at it if you're, like, fate-type person, fatalist. Um... Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, man, it's wild to think, you know, we haven't, we haven't been able to find this anywhere else, but you know, this may be the rule, uh, in the universe with these circumstances, right? So there might be a lot of, uh, a lot of other places like this, um, you know, maybe not exactly like this and there's some, maybe some randomness, it can be argued, right? I don't want to get into a scientific or a philosophical conversation, but I do. I am in Rome right now. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's apple season nearly. Rome, Ohio, that is. Just outside of Cincinnati. 275 ring. No, I'm not even there. I'm not even there. I'm in Northside. I mean, I'm in ye old familiar north side, but I am on Apple Street, taking a little stroll down 
waiting for my brother to uh, text me back, and we're going to get back to work. We've been doing some good work these last few days, and I, I intend to carry on with that and uh, just enjoy it. That's really what it's about, is enjoying that work. Enjoying the company of your fellow uh, workmates. We had Ben Sloan over last night and CJ Boyd do some work on on a song. It's not really work, it's play. It's fun times, right? Look at this. Apple Street. Nah, man, nah. How are you? Good. Saw my friend. Uh, coming out of his house. That was a little creepy for him, probably, to see me creeping around his house. But, uh, I didn't mean it like that. I got picture playing on the podcast today. My man Travis. But isn't that wild to think about? You can go anywhere on this planet. And it's run by life, even if you can't see it. You know, it's microscopic life, right? You know, I mean, even at the poles, where it's ice cold, there's still shit burrowed away, you know? I mean, this place is, it's it's teeming. If you go down to the small levels of things, just, it's unescapable, you know? And then we look out in space, and it's, it's you know, you see... Just mostly balls of gas, but you know what? The, the, all those things are the stars. You know, they, they are just creation factories of, of of elements. You know, it's really wild to think about. I, now, maybe I'm thinking about this. We went stargazing last night. Uh, and. And, and you can take this name, actually. This is it for a homosexual punk band, Stargaze, G-A-Y-S. Uh, feel free to use that if you want. Um, not if you're not gay. I think uh, you got to have S some Ds to, uh, you know, to be able to put on that mantle. But that's a freebie. That's one for the for for the public, but I don't want if two bands emerge with that name, you're gonna have to battle for the name. That's how it works. This is, this is hip hop after all. Um, but anyway, we did go stargazing last night. Ah, oh, jeez. You'd think there was like a fucking uh, 747 coming up to Hamilton Avenue. That was a big truck, but it was carrying a big uh, truck. Or, or some, a big, uh, like, uh, backhoe or some shit. Anyway. Um, and so, you know, I, I think about that stuff. You look out, and it's just, all you see is these little points of light. But, you know, what are those actually? They're these fucking huge, literally astronomical-sized... Um, you know, balls of gas burning, burning away, uh, slowly or, or over the course of billions of years, creating uh, 
you know, more, more uh, heavier and heavier elements. Linking those, linking those, those uh, atoms together. Wild, wild shit. All right, I don't want to fucking meander, but uh, I thought I'd pop that into your to your uh, brain. There must be other places like this, right? Where where uh, where life is the rule rather than the exception to the rule. Uh, I, I think it must be a property of the laws of science, right? I mean, so the laws of science is something that we superimpose over the patterns that we see, of course, you know, or, or, or that we extract from, from the patterns that we see. But it must be, it must be something that is happening elsewhere. I like to think about that. And I, I'm not thinking about little green men. Normally I am thinking about little green men, but not in the context of, of uh, you know, life and evolution or anything like that. Um, Travis is all about this shit, I think. Seems like it. Seems like he would be. He's an X-Files type dude. I think we should get into this conversation, huh? Yes. Yes. I'll tell you right now. Let's do it. We're going to move right into it. This is me and Travis and his friend, Rachel, sitting on a bench in uh, Denver, Colorado in a park. Ladies and gentlemen. Picture plane. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm here with Travis, picture playing up on this bench. Cool. And this is Rachel here. Hi. Uh, yeah. It's now evening, though, right? Yeah. Sun setting low in the sky. It's nice. Well, it is. Long shadows. Look at those. I like those. Uh, my boots? Yeah. It's this a is my a patent leather Doc Martin. My second pair in a row of these. Uh-huh. Like, I... It's they're War. beyond fascist boots. It's like it's like <laughs> neo, like like post. I call it. They're like cop stompers. Like you can stomp, stomp a cop's face. Future fascist. That's the look. <laughs> That's the look. Future. Fascist. I hope they're not fascist, but maybe a little bit in a bit. good way. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, good, fascists always good have the best fashion. <laughs> you know that throughout history. Yeah. Have you ever Amazing. seen a fascist in bad fashion? No, it's true. Those Nazis looked really good. They did, Chris. <laughs> Real crisp, and 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 even going way back to the, like the I mean I don't know you call the Romans fascists that's not I mean you could, but look at them when the they Romans the, invented fascism right there you go they did actually you, you had you had that red dra- velvet drapery was it a velvet dressed like a movie theater <laughs> I don't know it was a sash a velvet sash the Romans were the first imperialists basically you know right they were. I feel like fascists, you know, they want to impose their beliefs on other people, and that's what the Romans were doing. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, okay, what what did you guys do today? Just chilled. I, I slept really late, actually. I had a late night last night. Um, Part, you, do you do after parties after every show, and you're out to like 6 a.m.? Not after every show, no. But if, you know, Denver is a special occasion for me to come here... 
I have a lot of amazing friends here, people I don't get to see very much, so I wanted to hang out with them. And there's a, a beautiful bar that's right next to Rhinoceropolis, which is where I'm staying, that is called the Filling Station that's about to be bulldozed down. Uh, so you had to get it in. Yeah, I needed to go to the filling station. Yeah. It was like, it, it's like the shittiest bar in Denver. But Did they fill you the up? Best. Yeah, they're great over there. They became sort of like our family because they're our next door neighbors. And it's like just this weird bar of, you know, strange alcoholics in there. Um, it's like super dark and dim and it's like a very weird, depressing place. But it's like kind, Sounds of, the great. Be- kind of the best <laughs> place ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I like a place like that. There was this place in Oakland I would go during the day and play pool, and just there would be like six really sad people at the at the damn counter. Yeah, I love dive bars or like you know like places where no one is. That's the, my favorite kind of bar, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you could go from like the brightest, beautiful day, and then you go in there and it's just eternal night. Yeah, that's that's tight. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to see the sun when you're drinking. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's true. That's a headache. That's a headache. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, cool, man. And are you are you doing mass shows now? I mean, I know you got this album coming out um, on Not October 30th. Drops October. Ladies and gentlemen, October 30th street date. Okay. I like to say it's Devil's Night, which it's like the night before Halloween. Yeah. Which is like a historically a day of mischief and mayhem. Evil's just revving up. Evil's just sort of collecting in the air like water vapor. Historically, like, that was the day, like, you would do the pranks. Like, Devil's Night was the prank night. You'd go and, like, egg someone's house or toilet paper, their tree, or shaving cream, things like that. Cla- so, the classic pranks? Yeah. Those are the three Did you ever do pranks. those kind of pranks? Um, I know you. I can, actually, I can yeah. look in your eyes and see that you did. I had an amazing night when in elementary school. I remember like toilet papering this whole tree. It was like one of the most fun things I'd ever done in my life. Toilet papering is very fun. I don't know and if it, I've it, ever toilet papered. It is really messy. Like it's it's insane. When you toilet paper a tree, like it's kind of impossible to get it out. So it's just there. It's I've shaving it's, creamed. I've egged. Did you egg a person, like a human oh, being? Sadly. Because it's that's pretty insane. It's really I never sad. threw an egg I, at someone. I, but. I, I'm gonna, I'll admit it. I one time, one egg, 16 years old, out the window of my friend's El Dorado, uh, hanging on for dear life while he was swerving around the corner, and I drive by it, egging, drive by egging, and I hit the guy <laughs> dead center in the chest because I was ha- basically nice. You know, right next. Did to he him. deserve it? Who was this no, guy? No, it was like, no, it's terrible. It was like me and my friends were in the car, and it was like, oh, that guy, he looks like an asshole. Oh, just a stranger. <laughs> it was terrible. Anonymous. Yeah, things that 16-year-olds do. <laughs> That's tight. I mean, But he, yeah, he, he looked like, he looked fratty. That was like, the, that was what happened. Yeah, he looked like a frat guy. That's terrible. Normally, it's the other way around. You'd think a, a frat guy would be throwing an egg at like a weird well, nerd we kind of guy. We were artist assholes. Yeah. <laughs> In that occasion, not always. What about you? You what? What, what kind of? I've never egged someone, but Good I for I you. did do. Uh, it reminds me of this funny sort of prank I did in high school. Um, a friend of mine's dad like opened up this studio gallery place that I guess used to be a sex store shop before. So there was up in this attic was just like all of these old pornos Bonus and shit. like tons of dildos and like sex toys and stuff and 
we couldn't believe it. Like we, we found this huge box of like like a hundred dildos and put those to use. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we just had all these dildos and like uh, there was this kid that we didn't like at the time and we drove over to his house and just like threw all these dildos into his backyard oh of like God. his family's house. Oh, that's a good prank and, though. But I and then. Say. We like I would say at least like twelve like big like rainbow. That's not really huge hurting dildos. anybody. It's just embarrassing. So that's yeah. a good prank. So, and then you know we never really knew what happened with that. We just did it. And years later, I saw that kid. Um, it's just like last year or something. And I was like, I was like Rob, I have to tell you something, man. I was like, when we were like sixteen, I threw a bunch of dildos into your backyard, and he's like that was you man he's like i found those with my mom like it was the most embarrassing thing uh, was he upset uh a little bit i mean, obviously this is years later you know so it was like know. it's was funny he... yes yeah, but yeah. i mean at the time i'm sure that it was a terrible a thing, thing. Yeah, yeah 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 oh i can't imagine if i was 16 and that happened to me like i mean that my relationship with my parents at that time <laughs> that never no way no way i like the little one i do oh my god look hey, at you come here little buggy. That's just about the cutest thing ever. Come on, bud. What's his name? It's Jack. Jack, yeah, perfect name. Hey, Jack. <laughs> I like dogs with people names. Me too. Like I, I always prefer that. Stuart or something. Yes. That'd be really weird. I always prefer that. Um. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Well, pranks. Pranks aside. Pranks aside. Um. How long have you been doing music? Well, let's get into interview questions, inter- interview mode. Since I was about 16, I guess, I started writing raps. The night after you at, threw dildos in your, in your Yeah, it was around the same time. Yeah. Um, I sort of, like, you know, I was, like, really obsessed with rap music, and I sort of just, like, discovered I could rap one day. I just, like, it's like, oh, I have a good sense of rhythm, and I like writing i can just like put these words to rhythm and it works really good had you been listening to rap before that yes i was like a, a deep rap obsessive okay and like so I, what what was your shit just to, just to just well, graze over it i mean at that time like anticon really and i, I love oh, like okay. indie rap like, so a little bit later yeah yeah well um, you're a little bit younger i suppose yeah i, I okay. when i was a teenager you know i you know i was like you're like 30 right now mm-hmm. yeah okay i got you know, like bottle of humans and stuff, like uh, when I was in ninth grade, like right when it was coming out, I guess like ninety nine, uh-huh. two thousand. That yep. was when I was in, like just starting high school, basically. Okay. Yeah. Bottle um, of humans, classic. So I loved that shit, mm-hmm. and uh, that was definitely a big influence on me starting to make music. I guess. Um, I started just rapping with my friends, and then my mom had this keyboard in her house. My mom was a musician, also. And uh, I just started making little beats on this keyboard for my friends and I to rap over. It had and like I was a sampler just, on it or, so, or like a uh, looper? Yeah, I had I got a computer with a little music-making program on it yeah. that actually I still use to this day. I've used the same program since I was in high school. Out with it. What is this, it called? It's called Magic's Music Maker 7 Deluxe. I've never even heard of that. It's a cheap program that like I bought Windows at Best shit? Buy. Yeah. Okay. Windows nice. Windows and... Uh, and that's how you still make your music? Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I know, so I just stick with it. Now I have, you know, I I play lots of synths and like I just record myself live and then I like chop up my 
my own recordings, basically, like sample myself, basically. And right. it has a little drum machine in the program, and I use it to just like sequence everything. And yeah, cool, man. That's crazy. it's very primitive and uh, simple program. That's good, though. Sometimes yeah. you need you need parameters like yeah. that to stay to to be able to be fresh with shit or something. Um, do and so you're 16, and you start dabbling in that shit. Did you feel like right away, like, oh, this is like the serious, I need to keep, this is like it for me? I think so, kind of. Like, um, it became like an ex- like a passion, like immediately, basically. Um, and we were dope. I was, I was in, at the time, I was in like a, a hip-hop group when I was in high school called Thinking in Circles. Okay. And there was... Good name. There was four, real, four of real, us. That's like, early millennium name. Um, Dude, it was so, name. like, so emo we would, you know, I was like the, like, really abstract rapper rapping about, like, aliens and pyramids and, uh, you know, but it was also, like, extremely emotional and angsty, like, teenage rap. Right. Lots of, like, girlfriend you, drama. Ha, how raps. many rappers were there? Four of us. Four, four of you guys. Me okay. and three other guys. And we'd play shows, like, that's how I started uh, playing live, you know, was, like, I was lucky enough to grow up in Santa Fe, where I'm from. There was a really right, great. I didn't ask uh, that. The city, right? Santa. There's a really great teen center there that would have all ages shows all the time, and so we started playing shows there when I was like 16. You know, to there was a really amazing like high school band scene when I was growing up. Like, everyone was in bands. There were shows all the time, and it was like this really fertile, creative place. Probably a lot of it because that center. Yeah, it had a lot to do with it. It was a place called Warehouse 21 that still is in Santa Fe. And, you know, it was an amazing little scene there of of rap groups and also, like, a lot of, like, emo and metal bands and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, without that place, like, what I'd be doing right now, kind of. So it's, like, I've always been, it's, like, a, a real champion of, like, all-ages DIY places because it's, like, so important for teenagers to be, like exposed to that shit when you're young you know it's for like, sure it can literally like change your life yeah um, yeah i mean not yeah i mean basically like at the least like keep you out of trouble yeah totally it, yeah a cool outlet you know yeah yeah so that was the start basically it was really and cool and you just kind of built a reputation around santa fe from doing it we were dope like we were really cool uh my the if you do circles. say so yourself. Yeah. yeah. Our second show was, like, huge, like, and everyone came out, and it was just, like... It was live. It was, like, it hype shit. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, there was, like, a, a rival crew, like, from the other, like, high school, Santa Fe Prep, which is, like, the Ooh, like, they private sound, school. Oh, they sound terrible. They were all, like, rich kids, and yeah. they were, uh... They were sort of our little rivals. It was, like, another group of, like, four MCs, just like us, and, like... It was a friendly beef, you know, competition, yeah. but we would, like, battle those kids and stuff. I was never really good as a battle rapper, but, uh... I yeah, mean, neither. I, I it never, was never, goofy. It, it wasn't, wasn't for me. I would just I, get it, slaughtered. I love watching, though. Me, too. I love battle raps. Do you watch, like, Grind Time or any of that shit? Do you know I, that shit? I went shit? through... My friend Colin put me onto it in, like, maybe 2000... I don't know, 8. Whenever it came out, kind of, maybe, or when I imagined it came out. And, uh, I would watch it. Um, back then for like a year but after that I didn't 
it's cool. You should like it just go. Cool. You can go deep in on YouTube of that shit. Sure, and, and it's fascinating. Like, oh my god, you yeah. know, There's no no backing track. It's acapella, right? And it's the most like, and it's like re- machismo, it's like though. masculine, yeah, like hyper male. Yes, uh, it's so goofy. Like extremely hip hop. Like right, the masculine rap thing my it's version like, of that is I'll go down like the street fights <laughs> yeah <laughs> like shit watch people fight on the street oh that's my god that's terrible awful that's brutal real brutal I was watching some Kimbo Slice videos for oh, a while god, he's yeah. pretty amazing yeah yeah did you see that not to, I did not just change the subject completely that backyard brawler thing that the, um, about those guys like not him but documentary the, yeah I did actually on I, yeah I did I watched that called like street fight anyway uh, where, what were we talking about? See, I smoked that pineapple, whatever the fuck that was, and it's making me a little less focused than normal. It's cool. It's like, you know, conversations, they go where they do, I guess. We were talking about rap battling, hip-hop. Rachel, you used to be taking notes, and if in case I lose my way, you got to remind me. Okay, ba- right, battling hip-hop. So you never really battled much. No. Okay. I wasn't good at it. Um, I, I'm not a very, like, competitive person. and uh, You're more spiritual guy. You're going to talk about aliens. You're going to talk yeah, about relationships. Yeah. Although I do, I love battle rap. I love, like, a lot of, like, you know, I just love that kind of style of hip-hop, you know, like yeah. taking someone out kind of thing. It's cool. Yes. I, I appreciate that. Me too. Me too. Verbal violence. Yeah, totally. I love, like, violent rap, too, like, uh, uh, like horrorcore rap shit is like really Did fun you, for were me. you into Gravediggers? that was my yeah, yeah. in high school like me and all my friends were into that in high school I got like really into Necro when I was in high school too okay, yeah. and like uh, when I went to college someone like showed me like Brother Lynch Hung and shit you ever heard that dude you know it's he's a like name. Bay Area uh, okay. like legend okay. actually um, but like in the like the 90s dude was making these like incredible records about like eating babies and like just murder and shit it's really dope yeah like extreme horror core. That's extreme to you? Eating babies is extreme. <laughs> <laughs> pretty extreme. Like barbecuing children and stuff he oh. talks about. It. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. Now it got brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love that shit. It's like a cartoon kind of basically. So do you, but do you still do you still rap a lot or not as much? No. Um, I, I, did, I didn't know you as a rapper. I didn't think. Well, that was my very early... Music making, I did start out as that. Yeah. But I sort of, like, when I went to school, like, art school, I was, like, really trying to sort of, like, distance myself from that. Or or it's just, like, my influences really changed. I sort of, like, wasn't really listening to much rap at all. Right. And you kind of switched gears. Yeah, became interested in making just sort of weirder music. I was listening to a lot of, like, noise music and stuff and... Just rap, or like, was not my influence at all, and I didn't want to really. I was like experimenting with different vocal styles, and I started like singing and and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but it was sort of a slow evolution, basically. Um, me like not making rap anymore. Right. Trans- a, 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 a seamless transition mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, I'd like to get back into it though. I just sort of like made kind of a rap song. With my friend DJ Dogdick and this dude Slug Christ. I like these names. And uh, I produced a beat and sort of like did a kind of a rap vocal on it. Slug Christ is a really cool rapper from Atlanta. He's part of this crew, Awful Records. Okay. Um, 
they've kind of got like an Anticon vibe going on because it's like very alternative uh, rap. I don't know what else to call it, basically, but it's it's all based out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a, a collective, basically. It's cool. Cool. Um, so you're getting back at it. I'd like to actually. It'd yeah. be, it's it'd be cool. I think I just drop a hot eight on there. That's your dip in the toe. Eight bars, yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I like producing rap too. I've uh-huh. made some beats for some rappers, like shit. I've done a song with Soul, and I I made a beat for Dose One. I don't know if you heard that song at all. Like uh, which song no, is it? It's called. Uh, what did we call it? Something. I don't even know. I he kind of he, he he named it. I take it. Yeah, power in in the pit or something. Something pit. Uh-huh. Um, it was on a mixtape I put out called the Alien Body mixtape. Gotcha. Um, I've produced some beats for this guy Antoine. Also, he's a really cool rapper. Oh yeah, Antoine. Yeah, Sean showed me some, his shit. Yeah, I think he's good. Uh, yeah. Sean is sort of interested in signing him actually to, or something. But I don't really know what's up with that. But um, cool. Antoine's dope, man. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him. He's he's definitely got a, a real good style, real real mm-hmm. real chill. Yeah, we get along because like he comes out of like the hardcore scene basically. Like he he just kind of started rapping one day, I guess. But he's like more of like a hardcore kid. You know what? There's more of those people out there than you'd expect. Guys that come from hardcore and then end up being rappers. POS is like that. Well, um, a lot of a lot of the new rap too, it's like I'd say more aligned with like punk and hardcore than than hip hop even. Like a lot of like the really it's, young it's, rappers. It's like rap, rap post rap rock. Yeah, it's like like mosh pit rap, you right, know. It's right. like real turn up music. It's not it's the lyrics are really like secondary almost to like the energy uh-huh. of it. It's very like punk rock energy. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of like Juice Box. Yeah, yeah. In that he's in that world. I guess, you know, more like new rap shit like like someone like OG Mako or something, for example. It's like that music, it's like it's like hardcore, but it's like it makes you want to go fucking crazy like when you listen to that or like hear it live or something. And it's like I wouldn't really it just comes from a different place basically. It doesn't really have like a connection to like hip hop history, I think it's, it's more. Yeah, it comes yeah. from a different place. Uh huh. It is. Do you feel aligned with that with that world? Do you feel like a little bit? Are you are you are you a turn up kind of guy? Is that what you go to music for? To to get energy. I like extreme music a yeah. lot. Um, I've always been really drawn to like heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but I don't to get to infuse energy. What about it? I don't know. I just like heaviness or yeah. like br- brutalness in music, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't really know why. I guess I'm just sort of drawn to like things that are extreme, I guess. And I like really like harsh stuff. Uh, things that are like hard to listen to even. Sure. I, I mean, one of my biggest influences is like harsh noise, just like straight up noise music like I'd say like Wolf Eyes are like my favorite band of all time it's like that's kind of stuff really changed my life I guess just like Mm -hmm. you know and that's very harsh like really extreme uh, 
So I love that kind I, of stuff. I respect that kind of stuff. And those guys, I think of them more as like fine artists in a way. But it's, yeah. hard, it's hard for me to listen to it as, I don't want to say as music, but as I would listen to other music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can appreciate it as like a thing of process and a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. And whatnot, but hard for me to be to like jam out <laughs> to that. Well, it, it is, it's not musical in that sense. It's more, it's like, it's just like sonic experimentation, you know, and like textures. So yeah, it's interesting to, you know, I would like to like paint to it or something or, you know, like put on like a noise tape, listen to noise music when I'm doing something creative or something. It's like, it's just sort of like this interesting ambiance. I go of. to, I go to ambient music for that. So it it's almost like, is, noise is ambient in a but way. Harsh. It's like harsh ambient. Right. So I like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess for me, my ears, I'm just sensitive to like harshness. So I think I probably would go for the soft Ambient. Gentle ambient. Gentle ambient. I like that too. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay. I like drone music a lot too. I think it's do you, dope. Do you do drone stuff ever? I like I love drone stuff. Um, I don't really do drone stuff though. No, although Yeah, it'd be cool though. Yeah. I'd I'd like to make some, it would be some cool. of that drone some drone. How do you do it in a way I always think like when I listen to other people's shit like because essentially, you could just be pressing a key on a keyboard, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not what it is. You know what I'm saying? No. It's like it goes deeper than that, and th- and you can hear the difference, of course, between the two. You heard that like uh, there's a, like this computer program that can, you know can like slow things down extremely slow, but like still keep the same key. So it's like you can listen to like a Justin Bieber song like slowed down eight thousand percent, and it's like this beautiful like but o- the same, oceanic like. But it hasn't the pitch hasn't changed. Yeah, so it's like this amazing pitch, or it's like you can listen to like the like Windows startup sound right. that's like slowed down. Mm. So it it makes beautiful. everything timbre different, like lowers you know, the timbre. Do you know that, uh, Brian Eno? designed all like the windows startup sounds i did not know that it's a crazy thing yeah that's crazy that is crazy mm-hmm. i guess he was when they were start you know he was kind of the the official yeah on, on it's just like these thing. little noises that like he made them it's so cool. you're a, you're a straight up windows dude is well, it, am i right <laughs> i mean i ne- this is a rare uh, thing for for our our day and age for, I mean, I, unless I, you're I military. Get, uh, I, I use a Mac also. I, I design or, like, I have a Mac laptop, but I don't do music on it, no. You're a computer, are you a computer guy? Like, you know about computers and shit. I don't know, not no. really. But I've always been computer savvy, I guess. Like, I had a, a website when I was in eighth grade, uh, like an Angel Fire website that I think about a lot. Kind what of. was it, was it a, about? It was a breakdancing website. Oh. I was really into breakdancing at the time. And I had could this. Could you do? You were good at it. Yeah, I could. I could break a little bit for sure. Do you think you could still? do I it? I still have a little bit of moves. Really? Mm-hmm. I never do it though, but it's like sort of just ingrained. How can we bottle that and put it on audio? I don't think it's possible. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can hear your feet shuffling. Um, but I had this breakdancing website that uh, I sort of did some weird trick where I was like, "Please don't die on me." I'm down to one one battery thing, but it, oh shit! If it dies, we're gonna pick up. That's a warning for you people out there too. We'll, we'll, I'll throw the other batteries in. Okay. Um, I was able to do this thing of like, I didn't. It was like a service that I didn't pay for, but it like solicited my website out to all these search engines. This was before Google. Uh huh. And it got to the point where like, if you type in the word breakdancing on like AOL or something, 
my website was like the first thing that would come up somehow. Oh my goodness. So I started getting all these hits and all the, the website was... you could was, see how many people went. I had a little counter on it and okay. the counter was going crazy and all the website was was just pictures of people breakdancing. Uh-huh. But I started getting all these emails like, you guys are so sick, like your crew is dope. But it was... <laughs> they, they weren't were even just getting pictures They weren't even elsewhere. pictures of me. It was just yeah, like yeah. pictures of people breakdancing. Right, right. So goofy. That's awesome though. So I, I always liked computers, yeah, I guess that's the moral of yeah. that story. Huh. Did you, and do, are you still into that? Do you still have, like, a good, like, web presence? Yes, I would, I... Is that something that is, you're interested in? Do you like it? I would say it's a huge part of, of picture playing, I guess, is, you know... It's a brand. It's, it's like, very internet-based, yeah. you know? I, that's how people first heard my music was, through, like, MySpace and shit. And I was very active on there, and I think it's, like, a... A big part of my aesthetic is like internet culture, you know. Yeah. So it's like a, a big part of of my world, I guess. I really owe everything to the internet, really. I think that's how people I think heard most my people music. do at this point. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. But some more than others, I suppose. The know. first uh, Anticon music I ever heard was through Napster, I guess. I was okay. da- I downloaded some like Anticon shit, and it was yeah. I w- you know, shout out to Napster. There's that was still like, a lawsuit pending, I think. I believe. Really? <laughs> oh. No, but I think, you know. Oh, this looks dangerous as fuck. For real. That's tight, though. He's got a helmet on. Kid kid in Tevas is getting, like a seven-year-old kid in Tevas getting pulled by his sister in a bicycle. On a, He's on a skateboard in the back drag. He's good, actually. Like a free, regular fucking, uh, wow. Stacy, uh, what's dope. his name from fucking Dogtown Z-Boys? Peralta, yeah, Stacy Peralta. Okay, so so, did, when did you move up to Denver and why? I'm I sorry, up, take a sip, man. I'm like inhibiting I, your no, sips. Cool. So what? No, I'm just <laughs> I moved up here when I was 18, right after high school, to go to art school here. Okay, I studied painting at an art school called Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design here. Sounds lovely. It was lovely, very lovely school. It was very small, only like 500 students there. And it was the shit. I got a really awesome education there, met a lot of amazing people. And you graduated? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're a fucking badass painter? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still do it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had an art show last year in Baltimore, like a a painting show called Reptile Dysfunction. Uh Uh, What else was it? Reptile Dysfunction, Reality Engineering to the Lizard of Oz. That was the name of the art show. Okay. And, yeah, it was a lot of paintings I did. I mostly do a lot of, like, graphic work, like design, like Photoshop art, like digital art, uh-huh. I guess. And you do all the picture plane stuff, I assume. Yeah. But I do love painting a lot. I And I, I keep up with contemporary art a lot, and I, I should paint more, I guess. I want to paint more, so I should do that, yeah. If you want to, you should. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that I did the cool. whole art school thing, and it's really not for everyone, but I, I benefited a lot from it. I was, yeah. It was cool. I learned a lot about myself and about the world, and I felt more like a philosophy student kind of at the school because it was, like, very experimental. We were encouraged to just, like, you know, do whatever you feel you know be your own artist and I really excelled in that sort of creative environment of just like do whatever the fuck you want you know I was like that was 
tight for me. And you, had, but you had to do some kind of thesis of some kind at the end or something. Of this is the stuff I got into. Yeah, you had like a like a thesis show. Or they just straight when jump you out, basically, where you have to like produce a body of work and like have like a sort of concept that you're presenting, kind of. Yeah. But that was about it. Oh uh, yeah, that sounds cool. I I, I feel you, like you went to art school too. I did. You know, I, I feel like I would like to get back into into drawing and stuff. I, I I never was that good at painting really at all, or did, I wasn't good at all. You did the bottle of humans cover, right? I did those little ghosts on yeah, it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Um, you know, that was like yeah, like I got then I got like turned it like got graffiti influenced. You know, like I mean, that's so why I did I did graffiti at that age, like it was just before. What that was your age, tag name? Why? Oh, word. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, that was my last tag. I had, you know, lots of different ones over the years um, that I can't go into. Lawsuits are still oh, shit. pending. Oh, shit. That's secret shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I did some graffiti, too. Um, I was never really, like, very good at, like, drawing graph, really, but I always, like, really appreciated graffiti, and I, I still love graffiti a lot and I would spray paint a lot when I lived in Denver but I would just do like weird like optimistic slogans like all over town that's better anyway yeah I thought it was you know graffiti is a very radical thing you know way you know and so I wanted to use it as like I'd write like give me an example I'd write like real as a feeling or like uh the world is your oyster or like uh um just like weird, like positive, like empowering type stuff. Yeah. Sort of like weird esoteric. That was nearly a wipeout, y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They survived. Um, I'd also spray paint smiley faces everywhere. Oh, that's good. And as a way of like promoting opt- optimism in the world, I guess. And at the same time, pissing off whoever's uh, like wall it was. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, do it on someone's house or something. Of but course. Like, there's, uh, a, there's ethics to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. See, I don't know. There's just something appealing to me about, you know, you're just you saying that, just getting back into, just like a, the slowness of just settling down. I'm just like having a fantasy right now of putting on some ambient music and drawing or painting. Yeah, you know dude, what I'm saying? Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people would love to see some of your paintings. Maybe I should do it. Yeah. Maybe it's you time. should, dude. Maybe it's time to go into my old age. Or maybe that's something, something I do when I'm 60. Yeah, it, there's a cool, like, romantic idea of, like, the old man, like, yeah. making paintings or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Slow, slowing You're down. You're not there yet, but... Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Still got, still got some, uh, some life in me. You ever seen Style Wars? It's, like, I my have, favorite movie. Yeah. Is that... That's the... That's the um, it's a PBS documentary. No, okay. No. Um, that's Street it, something. Yeah. Okay, Style Wars, PBS documentary. From 1982. I feel like I have on, Like it. graffiti in New York. It's a, it's a real masterpiece. Very cool. That was back when, like, the entire city was literally, everything was covered in graffiti. Like, toe, yeah. all of the trains Every were, train. like, it, it's, I, it's crazy to think about now. Like, living in New York, you know, it's just not that way anymore. But in the 80s, you know, New York was a very, like, lawless place, I think. So, it's cool. Would you have liked? See, I, I, I think I, I, I secretly prefer like yuppified shit a little bit. You know, like I don't know that I would have liked '80s heroin New York. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, there's this great book, Please Kill Me. It's like I read about that. like the punk history, and that's like all in like great the seventies. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it was a brutal reality. Like mm-hmm. New York was this fucking shithole, like yeah. terrifying place. Um, amazing art was being made, you know, but uh, yeah, it's like not a very nice place to be. I think it's like purely like. All that art was made out of, like, pure desperation, you know? Yeah. Give me that Whole Foods. Yeah, I like, you know, give some, me that some healthy uh, treats, you know? Yeah, man. I think all there was to eat back in the day was just heroin. Heroin. Everybody was <laughs> just eating heroin. Uh, that was your nourishment. <laughs> the daily nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. Give us today our daily heroin. Um... So were you doing? When did, did, so when you first came to Denver, were you throwing shows and doing parties and shit? Um, no. It, it took me a few years to to find um, like the all ages like DIY spot, which was Monkey Mania at the time. This amazing. Why all ages? Uh, at that, I mean, well, because I, I was under twenty one. Oh, yeah, okay, and. That's just what I was I was drawn to, yeah. you know. Um, that was the style. I, I, I needed to find a place where I could pr- play shows, basically, or, like, experiment. And there was a really amazing place called Monkey Mania that, um, yeah, was throwing all, like, the weird shows at that time of just, like, insane, like, psychedelic, like, fucked up music, you know. And when... Uh, so I could go there and see just, like, some really, like, weird bands. And I started playing shows there. And that's kind of how I got... That's, like, how Picture Plane started, basically, was in, a like, yeah, warehouse spaces like that. Was it less rapping in the transition from New Mexico, you think, to Denver? Sort yeah, of? totally. Yeah. I sort of, like, stopped rapping altogether, and I was just, like, experimenting with, like, really weird, a lot, like, very noisy uh-huh. distortion keyboard, like, punk music, kind of, was what I was doing at the time. But with a little bit of an electro thing mm-hmm. to it as well? Because it was produced and not a band, exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I wasn't really listening to much rap at that time. That was a, a strange time period, though, for, like, indie rap, too. There was a very, like, a, a lull, like, Come on, in the... 05, 04, yeah, 05. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. definitely... Um, for sure. A, ...a shift around that time. Um, Why? I mean, Why did that happen? I don't really know. I, it was, like, a, a weird, like death kind of like indie rap death happened and I'm not sure why um that was when Def just closed shop right mm-hmm. around then maybe I don't know Anticon was really changing a lot at that time too yeah. you know I was really following your music a lot I probably of the time ruined Anticon. And, uh yeah people were just I guess you know experimenting distancing themselves from rap I think a lot of what happened with indie rap it became like very stagnant you know there was a lot of like rules that people had to follow there it it stopped being creative you know it was a lot of like like this is how you have to look this is how you have to sound kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it got really like boring it died like that's how things die when like there's no room for evolution basically anymore I mean, I guess everything bubbles up like that in history of any movement. Yeah. You have that little bubble, which is three, four years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe five years of, of sort of that particular brand of, of sort of indie rap, right? I mean, you had it a little bit in the 90s as well, but not in the same way maybe, right? And then... 
there was that weird like golden era of like late 90s early 2000s of that specific type of indie rap uh-huh. i think yeah yeah and then it bubbled down i mean then it simmered down and uh you know something else popped up i don't know what it was but we can make another beautiful dog it's a real it's a real dog day afternoon hell yeah um yeah i don't know but yeah i guess that's how it goes what's it right now well i indie rap is thriving again now you think so yes um like give me it, some examples well it's a, it's just like a whole new generation of kids that actually have like i was saying before it's like the the influences are totally different but i think it has to do with like the the access to like production software and how easy it is to make electronic music so everyone is making beats now like the, the what's it called what's that like ableton, ableton yeah. yeah and so it's done wonders for rap music because it's like you know it's so easy to record music in your bedroom now so you know people are fucking rapping again and like not that they ever weren't but it's like a a whole new era of like weird diy hip-hop shit that is really cool right now i i'm i'm largely unaware of it honestly um i must know some stuff and i'm not just not thinking of it right now but that's cool. Yeah, it is That's cool. a good thing. It's great. Um, and, you know, like YouTube and shit, you know. Will I come back in style? Does that mean I might come back in style? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the thing. You know, it's like when I say it's the different influences, like my homie Slug Christ, who's this rapper in Atlanta, like he doesn't even know who Slug Atmosphere is. Right. You know? Right. It's a whole new generation. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know there's another Slug, right? He's like... He's like, yeah, some people have told me that, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. And I'm like, that's tight. Like, so yeah, it's just like a whole new era of, and I'd say rap is, it's like huge right now. It's like more popular than ever. Like, well, right in the, in the culture at large, especially mm-hmm. yeah. just pop rap is basically what the main thing. It is, that is cult, mainstream culture yeah, exactly. is like pop oh, rap. Time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's and it's interesting. It is interesting. I wouldn't have necessarily expected that from when I was in high school or whatever, you know. There's also very little distinction of like underground and mainstream. That used to be very pronounced like when I was in high in school. In terms of the sound. Yeah, you know. Yeah, de- like, we were like very proud to be very underground and like that's, you know, it was like a this whole like like a war kind of like, you know, fuck that mainstream shit, you yeah. know. It's so not like that anymore because everyone is using the same software and like you know every, people are listening to Drake and also underground rap in the same you know the same listening Drake kind of sounds so, like underground rap to me it, it's all the same a lot of everything it. is like there that distinction is very blurred now between like indie and mainstream it totally. almost doesn't even exist anymore yeah and all the mainstream people you know they are like dying for like the indie cred you know they they snatching up producers or you know like working with people in the underground it's very do you are it's you like all you these mainstream artists like want like they want to be underground you know yeah but it's so funny yeah um you know i i haven't really um that much my production is definitely is like uh it's like pretty lo-fi and like weird and noisy and it's like a lot of rappers want a little more like kind of polished yeah beats i think that well that i think the sound nowadays is 
mostly real open like yeah it's a, it, we're living cleaning. in a very experimental time though also i think I, I people are like really yeah. searching for new sounds and like it's really cool i love a lot of the new shit that i hear like on the radio even in terms of the sound i, I always struggle with the subject matter to be honest just the, the super like yeah it's hyper materialistic yeah, you know bothers me that's why I'm I'm a big Drake fan because it's like he's, he's like the, too, well he is but he's also like extremely lyrical and I mean, like sensitive you know yeah. and like very smart it's like some of the only like smart music on the radio I feel like yeah no I, I believe me I, I love Drake but, yeah but he still I don't know he still does have that have that uh, he's so dangerous still does have that materialistic thing to, you know to whatever sure. I, whatever he's still like. It's very interesting to listen to. It's inspiring because it's it's you know, I think it sounds cool. Definitely sounds cool. And he does really cool styles and and lyrics and yeah. He's good. He is good. Drake is very good. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Oh man. Yeah man. Yeah. What else? I don't know. So so you and and when did you move to New York? Two thousand twelve. Okay. Um, Just recently. Yeah, three years ago. What prompted that? You just felt like it's time? Yeah, I I had sort of, like, felt like I was starting to hit a lot of walls in Denver or, like, I sort of exhausting myself here. There wasn't really much else to do. I felt like I had really accomplished a lot here and, like, there was... You kind of had a whole scene going here, right? I mean... Yeah, totally. Uh, sur- surrounding like. the our warehouse rhinoceropolis that still exists mm-hmm. um there was a whole scene around that um that was it's a huge part of what picture plane is 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 that place actually mm-hmm. um that's where i really like came into my own as an artist and like it was a whole scene very you know experimental it was like a haven for for weirdos and artists and people to be very free it's like a and that was our, what our scene was. There was no rules to it. It was, mm-hmm. you know, anyone could be involved if they're just doing something fucking crazy. That's all it was. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to expand my horizons, basically. I was going to New York a lot, playing shows there, and just, like, really loving it there, like, meeting uh, amazing people, and mm-hmm. I was sort of like, why am I not living here? Like this, yeah. this place rules. Like yeah. so, I went and and did it, and it was a great decision. Good. But it's you know really great to come back to Denver and Denver was also such a different place then. It's so weird now. It's changed so yeah. much in just a few years. It's like a different city now. Sol and I were talking about that as well. I, I agree. I don't really even recognize parts of it anymore. And it's really. It seems very rich now. It's very, very, very like lots of money. Yeah, man. That and it didn't used to be that way at all. Like yeah. it was really hard here. Like it was like an uphill battle, like trying to get noticed or like get people to pay attention to what we were doing at Rhinoceropolis and stuff. And there just like was a lot less people here just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know where all these people fucking come from. Yeah, like from what I'm hearing Midwest. is that it's like there's like a, yeah, there's like a major influx. That's why prices are getting jacked up, and, you know, the whole nine yards. I heard there's something like 40,000 people are moving to Denver every month or something, which seems like it's a lot. 
Yeah, it's like an an explosion, literally. Yeah. So. Yeah, the city is having to change a lot to meet the demands of that kind of people coming. So, yeah. Um, and what's I, I, I want to close up, uh, unfortunately, because I kind of want to catch this movie. Are you guys interested in doing that? What are you gonna see? Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's got Paul Dano, I think. Or no, no, no. Um, Tobey Maguire. I don't know, man. Spider Man is that uh, Tobey Maguire? Yeah, that is Tobey Maguire. But it looked it, it looked interesting on the poster. I don't know. I I just kind of I'm just feeling like tired. Just want to sit. Yeah, that sounds chill. In a thing. Um, Watch a thing. Cool. I don't know if I'll go. Maybe yeah. up to y'all. Um, what's next? Do you do you have anything? Do you have any shit you're like working towards? That's- I have a big tour coming up. Um, in November, I'm going on tour for a month with Health, uh, opening up for them, and they're really good friends of mine and an amazing band. And it's like a almost I wouldn't want to say a reunion tour because we have two new albums they just put out an album and my album will have just come out and Mm -hmm. but we toured we did like a world tour together in 2009 okay so it's gonna be a cool like we're doing it again basically it's awesome it's gonna be a party every night yeah man (laughs) yeah noise party um and 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 you have this album coming out october 30th Mm -hmm. and uh do you have your eyes on any any other kind of thing like a new weird genre that are like non-music thing that you want to do or, or well i also have a new, my clothing line that i do alien body that's what i'm is, trying to pull um, out of you something like that is i'm dropping a new like winter collection okay soon which is it's so alien sick. body yeah i, I make it. clothes and it, it's like conspiracy wear kind okay. of and so i have all these new shirts i designed and like jackets and shit that are gonna drop and that are like I think they're really next level. It's sick, dude. So that's coming out soon. Okay. This winter. Cool, man. All right. Anything else that that um, that we glaringly missed? No, I don't know. It's just nice to talk to you and chill. It's very nice to talk to you as well, man. I've never actually sat down and had a conversation with you. I've been a big fan for a long time. Likewise, yeah, yeah. Um, It's cool to just hang out. Definitely, definitely. And to be on the podcast, I'm a I'm a fan of the podcast too. So oh, cool. thanks, man. All right, I, I I've been sitting here with with Picture Plane and Rachel. Hi. Um, <laughs> in a Daily Park once again from Denver, Colorado. A beautiful sunset yeah. we just watched behind the trees. Denver is such a beautiful city. It's so chill here. Unbelievable clean yeah. air. It's amazing. Oh, they don't realize it. Maybe they do. I think this, you know, that's why, why they're people, here. yeah, why people are coming <laughs> yeah. here. It's like Denver got like discovered or something. People are like, this city's great. You like, know, we're getting a kickback from the tourist board of Denver. For yeah, doing, right. Yeah. Denver.com. Denver.com. Um, all right, say bye to the folks. Peace out. Have a good day. Yeah, y'all. Thanks for that. And I will be back next week. I got one more coming up next week with Sylvan Esso. Good folks. So stay tuned for that. TheWanderingWolfPodcast.com You can go there. You can get a t-shirt if you dig the podcast of the logo. Real nice logo. Andy Miller design. All the music on this episode is uh, picture playing music. Other than of course my, my normal intros, outros and and, uh, and all that. 
but uh, any any other stuff you hear is, is uh, picture playing. And that's the same for every episode where I have a, a, a musical artist. I always try to play their shit, right? So, you know, if you're if you're wondering about that, that's the case. Get a mixtape up on the wanderingwolfpodcast.com. Uh, donate to the podcast if you want. No pressure. No pressure there. And uh, yeah, I'm spending some time in LA. I think I think it's looking like December now. That'll be nice. Working on a cool project out there. And um, catch some rays. You know, I'll be in desperate need of some rays by then for sure. So that'll be nice. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have a great week. Keep wandering. Keep wandering. Keep wandering. Manipulate your machine, you're a techno-mancer.